Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Fanbyte.com review podcast. This is me, Stephen Strum, managing editor of Fanbyte.com, fan with podcast host, usual person on these review podcasts, and I am joined this time by one Dylan Skiffington, guides editor of Fanbyte.com. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Good. Stuck inside still, but good. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Being stuck inside is good because that means you're not going outside, which would be bad <laughs> right about now. Yeah, not, it's not great out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I imagine it's worse for you than it is for me in terms of just like the, the scale of the thing right now because I live in uh, North Dakota. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Dakotas. It's not too bad there. <laughs> no, no, yeah, the uh, the apocalypse hasn't quite reached us yet, but uh, it has reached the world of Sarah, which is the planet from Gears of War, the Gears of War universe, you might mm. say, and that's uh, that's uh, the universe that we are dipping our toes into this week because we are talking about Gears Tactics, a new spinoff set in the Gears universe, which I assume is set on that same planet. I actually yeah. don't know. Yeah. It is okay. I know, so that's actually a good to segue into this because I was going to say, Dylan, that I I love tactics games. I'm like, as we talk, I, I was just this morning playing XCOM Chimera Squad, which is very good. Uh, so I love tactics games. I love strategy games, but I, and I have been looking forward to Gears Tactics quite a bit. But I basically know nothing about this game. Do you want to kind of just give me the general setup of what is going on in it? Yeah, and I will say the timing on that is uncanny. That XCOM and this come out <laughs> basically same week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, XCOM came out last Friday, I think. Yeah, and this came out uh, Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the usual gear stuff. Um, obviously, everything's still on Sarah. Um, but this uh, specific game is set like 12 years before Gears 1. So okay. it's like a, oh, wow. a prequel to everything. Okay. Um, and if you've... I don't know if you've played the new Gears of Wars, the 4 and 5, but you play as uh, Kate Diaz's father. Yeah, Kate Diaz being the main character of Gears 5, major character in Gears 4. Yeah, the one who has locust bloodlines or whatever. Yeah, spoilers for Gears 4, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I, don't, no, I haven't beat 5 yet, so I can't spoil 5, don't worry about it. Uh-oh, um, fair, fair. I have not played 5 either yet, but I, I mean to at some point. But yeah, no, it's it's basically just this, uh, so it's 12 years beforehand, you know, they're just starting to unleash the Hammer of Dawn. Um, and all that kind of stuff, and people are obviously unhappy about that, and um, basically the the COG, uh, Chairman Prescott, discovers that the Locusts are creating monsters um, with emulsion, which for people who don't know or have forgotten, it's the yellow liquid that people use as a fuel source that turns out is a fungus that's parasitic and that takes over. Which it becomes a major thing in like Gears two and three because you and that's when you get up to the like what the Lambent. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, okay. Basically, the flood of the Gears of War universe, the third faction that kind of starts fucking everybody over at the end. Yeah. So uh, the the Cog basically discover that there's this um, locust scientist they call him uh, named Ukon who is okay uh, creating monsters. Uh, he's the one who creates uh, the Brumox, the Corpsers, the Reavers. Oh, okay. They um, like try to give some like explanation of like why there are a bunch of like non-humanoid locusts, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they, they kind of like explain all that, which is interesting uh, considering uh, you don't even discover that the locusts are based off of humans until like the end of Gears Three. Yeah, uh, and even then, it's pretty unclear. Yeah, I yeah, would say it's pretty implied. It's not until like Gears Four and Five that they really start. 
explaining some of that shit just because you know Kate is obviously human. Yeah, um, but she's related to the Locust Queen, who we see a little bit of in Gears Three. But and there are some like heavily implications about what she's doing. Gears Three is such a weird game because it's like, all right, we're closing out the trilogy, and by the end of that game, it raises way more questions than it actually answers. Um, and then yeah, now four or five, and presumably six, whenever that comes out, are kind of like trying to maybe answer some of the open questions that were left behind in there and now it seems like they're kind of doing that again here which is really interesting to me yeah yeah that they, they follow that formula quite a bit it's weird but um see so yeah, you're playing as kate diaz's father who's uh, at the beginning of the story is just like uh working on a motorcade you know he's like helping maintain the cogs vehicles or whatever and then chairman prescott calls him and you know um demands that he uh form a squad to take down this locust enemy uh in an usual gears fashion it's just like oh it's the ukon everyone's heard of ukon it's like i've never heard of him a day in my life (laughs) Um, Uh uh-huh like general ram everybody's favorite gears character that has a name yeah it's just one of those things where they like have these all these characters that they don't really introduce too well kind of thing yeah okay um i will say ukon has a few moments that are actually okay as compared to like rom where it was super predictable just generic i'm a brute gonna stab you thing i mean granted that the moment where he stabbed lieutenant kim was iconic for the franchise mm, yeah um does ukon talk uh yeah 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 okay yeah have there been other no i guess the locust dudes do like scream at each other they say like hominid and whatever yeah. all that stuff yeah, yeah. They, they'll they'll talk um so basically the, the cog won't do you any favors and won't give you an army to chase down this guy so you have to build up your own squad which is the whole tactics part of it is it like named characters in this squad or is it all like traditional XCOM style like nameless soldiers that you kind of like apply personalities to uh so there are heroes which are the named ones uh so you have uh you have Gabe uh Diaz you have um a UIR soldier who's with you um and then you take on uh a stranded um, kind of like on. a refugee, like non-combatant in the Gears universe. Yeah, the usual civilians that hate the fascist cog, yada yada. Um, yeah, who begrudgingly have to work with you to save their own people. You know the awful bullshit. Um, and then uh, if you, it's weird they make uh, one of the pre-order bonuses was uh, Cole in his Coltrane skin. Oh, okay. Uh, and he is a hero too. And the reason I say it's okay. weird is that um, he's obviously a hero, but he doesn't play in the story. Obviously, he has voice lines, yada, yada. Uh, but the way they handle heroes is that they can never die. If they die, the game is over. Oh, okay. Um, when you say they can never die, you mean they can die, but it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, if they die, you have to restart from the last checkpoint or restart the mission. Weird. Okay. Um, whereas, is there any way to, like, if they, like, is it just, hey, they've gone down to zero hit points, or is there, like, a way to stabilize them on the battlefield or oh, anything there, like there, that? There's the usual down but not out stuff. Okay. You know, you, you lose your hit points, you go down. Um, once per match, you can uh, use a heroic revive, which the person just gets themselves up. Okay. Um, but they only get themselves up with one action. Um, and they lose a quarter of their health. Okay. Uh, a quarter of their per, maximum like, health. Max health, okay. Yeah. And just for that mission, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and you can keep doing that until... I'm assuming you can get them up four times. The most I've had someone down is twice. Uh-huh. Um, 
But yeah, if you pick them up by hand, they get three full actions, so it makes uh, more tactical sense to keep people together so they don't have to get themselves up. And you sure, can only get okay. each person up once per mission, I believe, uh, by themselves. But, okay. but there are also, like you said, um, randomized soldiers that join you throughout um, that you can customize, that the game doesn't care if they die. Uh, that okay, kind of, so that's the usual XCOM stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, there's it, permadeath depends on what uh, I'm assuming it's permadeath. It ultimately depends on what uh, mode you're playing. Um, okay. I'm on normal, and I've never had anyone die. No. <laughs> Is it like a fire emblem situation where there's a version where they just like, hey, they're removed from the field of battle, but they'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm not sure. I do know on the hardest difficulty that um, if one of the heroes dies, the game is over and your save is deleted. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's like uh, the Diablo-style thing. Yeah, they, most, they do have the hardcore XCOM-style. Uh, yeah. But in general, this game is a lot more forgiving than XCOM is. And I think that's like what a lot of the comparisons are, is like you're like this versus XCOM, because I, I came into this not knowing much. Like I knew there was a tactics game, but like that was it. Yeah. And obviously the gameplay is very like XCOM, but um, as far as everything else goes, it's not like XCOM at all. There's no base building. There's no real randomized missions. Um, it's so you not can't like just grind out uh, experience or points or anything like that? Is there even like leveling up for your units in that yeah. case then? Yeah, there's leveling up, there's XP, there's uh, customization, there's, you know, equipment, uh, there's skills, but, but there's no... Um, there are some side missions between main missions, but they're not mm -hmm. randomized, and they're limited to, like, three, and you get to do two before it goes to the next main mission kind of thing. Okay, okay. So you have to kind of choose, pick and choose. Yeah, you have to pick and choose what rewards you want, who you want to bring, who you want to train, um, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, no, there's no base management. There's no building, that kind of stuff. There's no, you know, how many side missions can I uh, fit in before the next main mission, that kind of stuff. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a, a, a basically a linear XCOM, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but also with that, I suppose, comes the, like, you don't have to worry about putting out fires the way that, like, XCOM is, where XCOM is, like, very whack-a-mole, where it's just like, ah, don't let this region fall into chaos, otherwise everybody will stop liking you, and then they won't give you as much money every week, make sure you build these satellites. So I suppose in this case, it's, like, maybe for, more forgiving on a macro level, at the very least, than yeah. XCOM. Yeah, and there's, like you said, there's, there's none of those fires to put out. It's just between, you know, you... Finish a mission, you get your rewards, you get your loot, you equip the loot, you go back into another mission. Um, and like uh, you mentioned earlier, there's no um, carrying over injuries or anything. As long as someone survives the mission, they're 100% fine. The next mission are ready to go. There's no like dealing with trauma or dealing with you know mental breaks or any of that kind of stuff. Huh, okay. Uh, and like, I guess then what... Hmm. Is there any kind of... I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little bit taken aback. I guess is the is the actual reveal here because I kind of expected this to be way more open ended than yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, does that feel like very limited to you, or does that feel actually kind of nice? Like, how do you feel about the general structure? Yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. Again, I didn't. I imagine people who are buying this have done research, especially now that it's out. It's a little harder before it comes out to set your expectations accordingly because you know we got a code last week, and when I started playing, I was like, what the. Like, I was not expecting it to be this way at all. Sure. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, people who buy it will understand that it's not XCOM and that it's, right. it's way more linear and story-based, which is, you know, fine. Um, but I will say, like, I, you know, thoroughly enjoy um, the actual in-game tactical combat part of the game. Like, that's that's super good. 
Oh, okay, cool. Uh, the, the problem I've experienced is that when I get out of it, I'm just like, the there, there, there's nothing to do outside of it short of equipping all my characters, which I hate doing, by the way, because the system's super clunky. <laughs> what well, makes it clunky? Um, so basically, each one of your soldiers has a helmet slot, a, a chest slot, a feet slot, and then their weapons. Um, and... All of the weapons have separate attachments. So, like, you know, you can customize the barrel on them, the sights, the stock, the uh, the magazine. Okay. It's, it's relatively same across all the weapons. Depend doesn't really matter whether it's a sniper or a heavy machine gun or a lancer. Okay, and when you say that you can equip it for or, or customize all your weapons, does that mean only for your hero units? Or does that, like, every single Everyone. individual unit... And yeah. is there like a hey modify all to just make all my lancers like like this no, or no really no. no and it's it's like super menu based so it's like click the person then click their weapon and then click the barrel and then click the uh that's the, the mod you want to put in there essentially and then you have yeah. to click back out and then back in and then back out and then back in over and over and over. There's no like quick way. To, it's not like one menu where you're customizing all these things. You're going to like specifically dedicated menus for all of these. Weird. Okay. And th th that... th there are some shortcuts like you can. So say you're doing like torso armor. You can go to torso armor and you're clicked on one character. So like I'm looking at, yeah. I'm looking at Gabe. Uh, and then you can click back to torso armor and then click on uh, one of the randomized here. And you'll be on that hero's torso. So you can like, it's fastest to do it that way, which is really unintuitive. Huh. That seems like a lot of work to do for a game that doesn't have, like, a big overarching metagame the way that XCOM does to me. Like, mm -hmm. a game that is, like, very linear like this um, almost seems like it would be better served by just, like, focusing in on things like abilities and stuff. But it sounds like there are at least abilities in this game. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely abilities. Uh, you know, there's the... There, it, there are, like, four different trees uh, for each class. Uh, like the sniper can go for one where um, anytime they down someone, they get a free reload. They have another one where like they can um, every time they hit a character, or well, when they when they use this ability specifically, their abilities which have cooldowns, you know, as to be expected. Uh, anytime they hit someone, they get all their action points back. There's uh, the scouts, which are uh, shotgun wielding characters. Uh, they have one where they get proximity mines. Um, the vanguard, which are the retro lancers. Uh, have one where it's all about uh, charging in and executing people with the, you know the retro lance charge blade attack. Yeah, it's like that bayonet thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a whole bunch of different specialties depending on what you want to do. Like the uh, the heavy uh, machine gunners uh, have one where they um, there's one special thing because they have this unique mechanic which is like anchored, which they basically lose their buff if they move on their turn because oh, you know okay. it takes like a turn to get set up. It it doesn't actually, but that's the you know the theme. You get rewarded yeah. if you don't move around a bunch. Uh, they have one where they can, you know, put a pause on that half their movement and then move and get to keep the buff. Mm, um, okay. And they also have one where, like, oh, you know, uh, you can fire as much as you want, and every time you fire, your chance to hit goes up or your crit goes up. Um, so you can, like, That's specialize cool. the characters and that kind of stuff. Um, I never put too much thought onto it. I don't think it's... The level of commitment isn't as deep as, like, XCOM is. You can basically put people wherever you want and they'll succeed. You know, it okay. just depends on like what like what play style you like. You like. And actually, that makes me wonder to how you say you like the actual moment to moment tactics, and I kind of want to get back to that because 
I wonder how much those abilities actually tend to matter in the moment-to-moment combat. I, like I said, I've been playing a lot of XCOM Chimera Squad, mm-hmm. and it does this really smart thing where uh, it has switched from the classic XCOM model of having both teams go on like big giant chunks where it'll be like all the bad guys get to go, then all the good guys. Right. And now there's a turn order. And so the abilities in XCOM, in the new XCOM... Uh, matter a lot because they can uh, rejigger that turn order and you can always just see it. Do you feel like they the abilities make that much of a difference in this game or is it just kind of nice flavor in the moment? Could you play this entire game without it? Uh, it's mostly flavor with a few exceptions. Mm. Um, snipers are super powerful because uh, you only get like three actions in a turn. Uh, but if you get okay. all the proper abilities, like a high level sniper can take like seven or eight shots in one turn, which is ridiculous. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um... The medic uh, classes, which for some reason are lancers, uh, they heal. Um, oh. They have like stim grenades. They have an ability where they can heal everyone on your team for a little. They have an ability where they can do one big heal. They have an ability where they can uh, do a bunch of medium-sized heal over uh, consecutive turns. Um, and okay. then like the proximity mine, which I mentioned earlier, is only a big thing because uh, if you place a proximity mine on top of where an emergence hole is going to open... Uh, because the way it functions is like uh, it, the game will tell you, hey, the, you know, the ground cracks, so you can tell there's going to be emergence hold next turn. Yeah. Uh, if you put a proximity mine on top of it, it'll blow it up immediately, keep, close it, and kill everyone inside. Oh, cool. That's really neat. Which you can't do with grenades. If you throw a grenade at one that hasn't opened yet, it'll just explode and nothing will happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for people who maybe don't know Gears uh, lore and terminology super well, an emergence hole is like basically a monster closet. It's like a spawner for locusts, right? They come out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. There's there's two major monster spawners in Tactics. It's emergence holes and like airdrops off of Reavers. Oh, okay. Uh, and the game actually handles them differently because you know when emergence hole is going to open because the game tells you a turn in advance. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, when it does open, those monsters get to move and attack. Whereas if they oh, airdrop, wow. there's no warning, so they can attack, but they, they will move. Uh, so Interesting. Like, the, the wretches who are like the melee class will run up to you and just pass if they've been airdropped, but if they come out of emerging souls, they'll just come up and hit you. Okay, but, but you like you said, you get that turn to basically set up something, so if you have like proximity, makes the, it sounds like it makes those proximity mines actually like incredibly useful, because otherwise you're just going to eat a hit. Yeah, yeah, or, or you know, you can also stick your characters on Overwatch... Um, just yeah, like the XCOM, yeah. but the difference in gears is that uh, with their Overwatch, it's they will keep firing until they're out of ammo, mm. rather than just they get one shot. So like if they have a full yeah. clip of six bullets, they'll shoot six different times. Huh. Uh, if there are that many enemies, or if the enemy stays in their cone for long enough. Interesting. Oh, so they can take multiple shots at the same enemy. Yeah, only on um, over. Uh, I mean, yeah, on Overwatch they can. Uh, and they'll, they'll actually chase the enemy as that like runs for cover kind of thing. Re- like they'll move, they'll physically get. No, up but and like leave they'll there. they'll they'll they won't just if they leave the cone, they'll still keep shooting kind of thing. Okay, okay. As long as gotcha. they enter the cone, they'll track them. Interesting. Okay, I see now. This sounds like kind of interesting. It sounds like they're really putting some thought into adjusting a lot of the very traditional XCOM like Overwatch trap mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's definitely just like a super. It's it's a much easier linear XCOM. Is essentially what mm. I would put it as. It's definitely a, it's a super good intro for anybody who likes gears, uh, and plays tactics games. I would say that's probably the only thing. The, the the biggest barrier to entry for this game is the fact that it is gears. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, just what, do you, what do you mean by that exactly? I have th- think I have a feeling what it is, but just to be clear. Well, I mean, first of all, that's not everyone's thing. And second of all, just because there's so much lore and story in Gears already. Like, I mean, it does play the usual Gears 1 intro. Like, the locust emerged. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it does give you the backstory. Sure. Um, but if you're not a fan of Gears, like, there's... It's going to be a hard sell for people, I feel. I mean, uh, and uh, the other thing, too, is, like, the, if you're not a fan of Gears, I feel like people who maybe write off Gears uh, on a whim are basically people who, you know, rightfully so, to a certain degree, are just, like, not into that kind of, like, very meathead universe, right, like, yeah. that very, yeah, is that story, like, is that tone very much uh, intact here, or is this a little, maybe a little bit more thoughtful? I think it's to- it's it's definitely toned down a bit because mm. at nobody i don't think anybody who's in this fight is i mean i guess this was the case in gears too but nobody in this fight is happy to be in this fight okay and the, like the jokiness is way down i mean it's still there a bit when like executions happen like they still make random mass comments when they're executing enemies okay uh which does actually make its way over from the mainline games which i guess shouldn't be surprising but it's just interesting to see executions in a tactics game yeah, I suppose so. I mean, but th- at this point, the Lancer, the the chainsaw gun from years is like such an iconic part of that game. You'd almost need to have it. Yeah, yeah, they they working into the um, they're working into the uh, the tactics part of it as well because anytime one character executes another, everyone on your team gets one bonus move. Oh, really? Uh, or a bonus action, so it can be literally anything. So if you have like three people execute, um, the fourth person will have like six moves that turn instead of three. Oh, wow. So they stack? Yeah, they'll stack. And actually, that leads me to another kind of question I have, which is, like, how big are the scale of these missions? Uh, so there are a few mission types, which are all, you know, not surprising for Gears people. Um, they have the, you know, run in, grab the shit, get out. They have the uh, kind of like a King of the Hill style, where you have two different points you need to defend that the car, uh, the cog are trying to steal the supplies and the locusts are trying to destroy it. Um, you know, they have the, you only go in with two people because you got to save a few gears from locust torture machines. I don't know. Okay. Um, but the missions are, are not huge. Uh, the environments are really nice. Um, I would say like a, a general mission probably takes 15 to 20 minutes, uh, depending okay. on what, what type it is. Uh, I think the boss fights are definitely boss fights. Um, my first time fighting the Brumac in which, keep in mind, I got it on my first try, but, uh, and there's like a, 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 there's a mission leading up to the boss fight. Like it's all part of one mission though. Yeah. And it took me almost an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, wow. For one mission and a boss fight. So, uh, some of the, some of the story missions can get pretty large. What does that look like? What does a boss fight look like in a tactics game like this? Uh, so for the Brumax specifically, because that's the first boss fight. Um, okay. It's anybody who's a Gears fan could probably. Uh, there's a dog outside. Any anybody who's a Gears fan. <laughs> He's uh, like, I'm a huge Gears fan. It's me. Yeah. Anybody who's uh, a Gears fan probably knows how you kill Brumax, which is to never shoot the dinosaur. It's always yeah. just to destroy the machines for some reason. Um, which I guess we kind of know now, just because they're created off emulsion. But um, so it's the usual stuff. Uh, you know the. the the Brumach has two handguns. They're not really handguns. They're arm-mounted machine guns. 
Yeah, the Brumac, for people who, again, might not know Gears of War, is like this big, giant, like you said, dinosaur-looking kind of ogre with like a big, giant um, sort of backpack of machinery strapped to it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, with with that mission specifically, so it has the two machine guns, it has uh, the tanks of emulsion on its back, and then it has the... Uh, as at, at this point, it's a mortar launcher. It hasn't developed a straight rocket launcher yet. Okay, because um, it takes place before Gears One. Yeah, so it's it's like what you would expect. Like there's this slow moving monster um, that every turn it gets to shoot each of its arm cannons separately. Uh, it can run up to you and stomp you out of cover. Um, and every <laughs> turn it shoots those mortars, which go up into the air and take one turn to come down. But it tells you where they're going to impact, and they're always centered on a gear. Okay. Um, and then it's the usual, you know, as you get its health bar lower, it gets stronger. Uh, every, like, once you take down a third of its health bar, it shoots three rockets instead of two. Once you take down, uh, once you're down to the last third of its health bar, it shoots a rocket at every gear, every turn, so you have to move every turn. So it becomes almost kind of like a movement puzzle, because like you just said, uh, it seems like it pays off to keep your gears together, and the typically, at least, in... Uh, tactics game parlance, the purpose of a mortar launcher that is like, you know, telegraphed like that is to split up your guys because you need to move them out of cover constantly and find new places for them and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and cover in this fight is very limited. There are only like eight to ten spots that you could possibly be and not all of them are super close together. Okay. Um, And then, you know, on top of that you have enemies popping up, you have emergence holes coming um, throughout the different fight. And I mean, at the start of the fight, your squad is actually split in half uh, two on each side of the Rumok, because every time you shoot the emulsion tanks, it turns around to face you. Mm, so you okay. end up having to do this balance between uh, swapping between characters, being like, this character shoots, then back to the other character, and then that character shoots, you know, and that's never really required. Usually, most of the time you play, you're doing all of one character's moves at a time. Yeah. So the, the boss fights are definitely more of a make you switch up what you're doing. And the same thing is true for, like, the second boss fight. Um where it, sometimes it goes into defensive mode and you just have to focus on ads, and then, you know, it'll do the same thing where it telegraphs certain areas, you got to dodge them, that kind of stuff. It's just mostly just to, you know, get you to swap up your usual workflow. That kind of reminds me, and this is something that I've actually taken from a lot of your description of the game so far, is it sounds like it actually kind of maybe subtly does a really good job of recreating a lot of the, like, emotional flow of what it feels like to play gears especially if you're playing gears the way that i think it's basically intended which is with a group of at least one or three extra players on your side you know those levels in i think it started in gears 2 where it would be like okay you're playing co-op one of you has to go left down this path and get the sniper tower and the other needs to go right down this path through this canyon and deal with the like little guys and the other guy provides cover for whoever's playing in the lower area and they, they the other person has to like flip a switch or something like that and this kind of seems like it is trying to create like a tactical slash like single player version of that same uh sentiment you know it, does that make sense yeah yeah no yeah that, that's that sounds accurate and it does a really good job of st- like i will say one thing the, the gears one two three you know basically all the games they try to make it seem like you're barely getting out alive most of the time and it doesn't it doesn't always succeed yeah but it feels like just about every fight in gears tactics even if it wasn't close you still feel lucky that you got, like, mm. nope, that there weren't any issues. Because, um, like, the mission types where you're defending uh, the supplies, the way it works is, like, if you're in the circle, you get a point. If um, the locusts are in a the circle, they destroy one of the points. Oh, wow, um, permanently? Yeah, and it and if you want to, if if 
the site's contested, nothing happens. And basically it's like, you need X amount of supplies. And if the locusts destroy too much, you fail because you can't get enough. Huh, yeah. Um, but it does this thing where in most missions you need to extract, but it does this thing where in, in this mission type, uh, as the second you're successful that you fail, it just ends. Hmm. Um, so like they literally, it's like an onslaught and like, you don't know, don't know if you're going to hold out. Like the first time I did it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of here alive. It's like, I'll get it, but I don't know how I'm going to get out alive. And then it just ended. Um, Interesting. Okay. So you have lost missions before, even if you haven't lost like little dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. And like it has other, it has other ways of like cheating it too. Like there's, there's one mission type where you're trying to gather supplies, but there's nemesis in the air. And which what is what I this is finally getting into places where I don't remember the yeah. names of the specific gears monsters. What's Nemesis again? Uh, they're the flying like sentient mines. Okay. Uh, that just like try to you know fly over to you and explode. Right. Reavers are are more like kind of like flying dropships. Yeah. With that creatures. They're right? like flying they're horses yeah. with tentacles. Yeah. Um. And and then the, the the nemeses are like the like the yeah almost like the fighter jet equivalent, but again they're like kamikaze, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So the way they incorporate those in those missions is that there's this uh, ever encroaching line of explosives, essentially. Like it's like there's there's a red zone, and if you're in that zone, you just die immediately. You you <gasps> or locusts. So it's just like you have to keep pushing forward, keep pushing forward. You can't take too much time to kill people, um, or to you know save your own ass. Sometimes you just have to run for it. Yeah. Um, but they incorporate, you know, that whole gears barely getting out of life thing pretty well throughout this game. And that actually makes me think of another thing, too, that I would also compare this game to in my head before this, which is Halo Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever played any Halo Wars or Halo Wars 2. I, I played the original. I haven't played the second. Okay, cool. I mean, you might remember this, too, but Halo Wars, one of the... It was also a fairly linear, uh, ta- you know, strategy, strategic spin-off of a Microsoft property and because it was so linear one thing that they actually could do a lot of was each individual mission had unique mechanics and weird things where you have to like protect this zone and get this artifact and do all these kind of like things that you would only do in that mission so it added like a lot of variety in a way that XCOM where it is very much like sweep and clear sweep and clear sweep and clear sweep and clear uh, doesn't always do until you get to like a very important story beat in XCOM uh, it sounds like Gears Tactics also has some of that sense to it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it. And, I mean, throughout the, um, sometimes they'll scatter, like, crates throughout the map, um, that you can grab. But, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of, I think there's, like, six or seven different mission types that it, it goes through and, um, definitely stays relatively unique throughout the entire thing. Though it is easy to get, to get into a flow where you're not really thinking too much about things, mm-hmm. at least on the easier difficulties. Okay. You said you've mostly played it on normal? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing on normal. Is it, uh, is it normal, easy, normal, hard, and what is it, insane in Gears of War? Is that the usual thing? Yeah, I don't know if the difficulties exactly align, but it's it's basically that, you know, it's like you're here for the story, you're here for, you know, Gears, you're here for a hard experience, and then you're here for, like, permadeath, XCOM kind of okay. shit. Okay. Um, and on, you know, again, maybe looping back around to some of the stuff about uh, linear gameplay, is there anything like a horde mode or anything like that? Do they try to replicate any kind of longer term repeatable kind of content? No, no, not really. Um, like oh, I said, okay. it's all super linear and, um, like literally you get, you get to the main menu and there's like a home, there's like a home base, uh tab which makes you think there's base building but there's not uh then there's the barracks which is where you can customize your characters uh when you can open your loot boxes because there are loot boxes but um 
just, you can't buy them in any way. Like they're just in the game or rewards for missions. Mm. Uh, which for some reason uh, the game has been it's been promoted on my Twitter constantly. It's like you know loot boxes without you know it's like all the loot with no, you know no price or whatever because you know Weird, gears, really? gears gears five and four have had loot boxes for, for cosmetics. Huh. But this one... The idea... <laughs> it's it's weird. Um, the idea of promoting loot boxes, like, hey, you can get all of the fun of loot boxes with, for no money is a very strange concept. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. And then the only, the only other tab is, like, your missions tab, which most of the time has one mission in it, which makes no sense. Because hmm. at most you uh, that I've ever had is three missions to choose from at once. So, like, the idea that there's an entire tab dedicated to just choosing one mission is kind of weird. Just in the way and that they You have it. beaten... The- You've beaten the game, right? I, I got through, like, two-thirds of it. I got through the first two acts. Okay. I wonder if maybe once you beat the game, there's it, like, unlocks some weird extra thing afterwards or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, I haven't, that might be something, you know. I haven't read anything about it, but, yeah, maybe. Um, but okay. I think it's a super solid game, though. Yeah, okay, cool. You know, like, just kind of uh, more generally, instead of, like, kind of <laughs> providing all these leading questions, like, what do you like about the game so much, uh, since it sounds like you really enjoy the tactics part of it? Yeah, I mean, the, the gameplay is fun. Um, you know, the different enemy types, uh, they incorporate all the usual enemies. You know, you got your tickers, which run up to you and explode. Um, and the way they, you know, adapted them for this game is that, like, every time you shoot and either don't kill or miss, they run at you. Uh, since it's a turn-based thing and you know if they get too close to explode um you know the boomers are in it which you know they're just giant tanks and if you kill them you can pick up their boom shot to like instant kill anything um you know the cantus are in there to you know buff the enemy so you kill them first because otherwise it's gonna every enemy turns basically into a tank yeah uh and they have a whole bunch of you know different types of enemies which is honestly really great to see because they're far more interesting in gears tactics than they are in the actual series Right, yeah, uh uh-huh. Which I feel like a lot of the character variety or enemy variety specifically in Gears really shines in the Horde mode stuff because mm -hmm. that's where it's like such triage, it's like such threat management, whereas in the story stuff it's like, no, we want you to be able to just beat this game. Don't worry too bad about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But easily my favorite parts of tactics are all like in the game itself. I think everything outside of the game itself is relatively shallow at, at, at least. You mean like in terms of the story? No, I mean, just like, you know, customization, um, the skills, the, you know, you're going to, you're going to spend three to five minutes between every match, just making sure your people have the best stuff, give them the skill points. You know, mm. you first pick them up, you customize them a bit and then never touch them again. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that, that part's like super shallow, like outside of the actual gameplay part of thing like this, there's nothing outside of that. Um, unless you're going to sit there and truly customize everyone like you can customize them and go in and change their hairstyle change their facial hair or you can you know change their scars what clothes they're wearing under their gear or whether they display their helmet okay it's, just... it's like that's a that's a good thing to have i suppose because of how big of a thing it is in like the XCOM community i feel like it would this game would not be uh would not sit well with a certain subset of XCOM player if you couldn't do that yeah and i mean you can do the usual color customization um yeah, I mean, every piece of gear has, like, a main and a secondary, and there's a different yeah. amounts of, um, different, there's a limited amount of colors that, that you can choose from, but, I mean, it's, like I said, relatively shallow, not super important, none of that really matters. It's not nearly as, like, in XCOM you can, like, recreate things and recreate yeah. people, and there's, like, mods and stuff, um, and maybe, I mean, maybe there will be for tactics at some point, but it's also, I mean, this is, 
to be fair, uh, Xbox released this on Steam as well. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is rare. Um, it is, yeah. I think they're getting it's getting less rare now with uh, Microsoft specifically, but for sure, yeah. Yeah, and it's part of Game Pass too, which is I guess important to note. Uh, so most yeah. people already have access to this through uh, the the Xbox app on their computers. Uh, but it is yeah. not on console yet. They said it, it's it is con- not on Xbox. I was no. going to ask that. They did not launch day on day and date with console. It will come to console, uh, but it is not there yet. Well, as long as whichever version you play it on, you can still recreate the new mutants. I'm sure Rowan Kaiser will still be happy. She'll be ex- just excited to make sure that uh, she can get all those tweets out there. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like a cool game. I kind of want to try it. It's maybe I was kind of hoping to be way more surprised by what I was hearing, but mm-hmm. this is honestly like surprised in a sense of like how uh, big in scope it was or how interesting it was. But instead, it kind of sounds like what I expected it to be, and kind of uh, had my 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 most um, normal expectations set to, which is a good tactics game set in the Gears of War universe. Yeah, I'm really glad we don't do review scores now. Because it's like yeah. one of those things where the gameplay is great, uh, but depending on what your expectations of for a tactics game is, this could either yeah. be like great or it could be like woefully, you know, fall short tactics wise. Because outside of the tactics in the game, there's nothing strategically. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no there's no macro game. There is only the the, the actual tactics. Yes. There's no strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you know, I'm gonna bring back review scores just for you i'm going to bring back uh uh, old school GameSpot and ign style uh review scores so i need to know what the replay value is on a 10 point scale i need to know the fun (laughs) factor i need to know if you get it give it a 7.3 in sound uh if you just like get all that ready for me dylan by the end of this podcast that'd be great yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) uh no it's um you know Still sounds pretty fun. So still sounds pretty cool. I, I kind of wanted to uh, did want to loop around uh, one last thing again, which is we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. How is the story? Overall, not. I mean, not not great. I mean, it's like it sets it up fine enough because usually, you know, it's just like you're going after this big bad enemy. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like Locust Mangala. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some interesting, you know, things about that character itself, but. It does the usual Gears thing where most of it's just like, oh, we got to figure out what's going on here. And it's like, oh, he, like, one of the first things you see him do is, like, he huffs some gas. Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm intrigued. And one of the first things you do is you find one of his canisters and you're like, oh, this has whatever written on it. We better go there. And then you go there and then you're like, oh, this is a motion. Why is he, (laughs) why is he huffing a cure for rust lung? And it's like one of those, even though you knew that from the beginning. uh, Doing whippets. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you know from the beginning exactly what he's doing, but the game, the people have to find uh, out. And I'm two X in. If you're a Gears fan, you know. Yeah, and I'm two X in, and they're just finding out, like, what's actually happening. Huh. And two X in is, like, 12 to 15 hours in. Okay. It's roughly a 20 so hour the, game. I was going to say, probably a pretty lengthy game then. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's a meaty by, chunk. Meaty good. Meaty chunk of a game. I like a, I like a meaty chunk. You know that. <laughs> I've always told you that, Dylan. Yep. Uh, cool. It's like Final Fantasy, meaty chunks. Uh, meaty chunks of Final Fantasy and Gears. Two very meaty, similar games. Meaty clearly. chunks and meaty hunks. All right, there we go. <laughs> Coltrane himself is here to tell you about meaty hunks. 
All right. Well, I think that probably at the, on that note, we probably <laughs> have said all we need to say about Gears Tactics, unless you have uh, one thing you want to end on. No, no, not particularly. Uh, I, okay. You know, if you have Game Pass, pick it up, give it a shot. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's one of the good things about this is it's relatively yeah. cheap with how many deals that, you know, Microsoft's doing. There's really no reason yeah. not to try it if you have Game Pass. Yeah, I think that's maybe a little bit less of an uh, open proposition for people who don't have XPC Game Pass. I feel like every, anybody who owns an Xbox at this point probably has Game Pass. But, uh, yeah, with, with the PC stuff. But maybe, maybe when it comes out on Xbox, that then that will definitely be a good chance to try it out. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, thank you, Dylan, for sitting in with me on this podcast. I'm actually really glad to know as much about the game as I do now. Because I think maybe maybe after I wrap up Chimera Squad, maybe you know maybe it'll be out on console and I'll give it a shot myself. Yeah. Uh, cool. And this has been another review podcast here at fanbyte.com on the FanWidth feed. Thank you all for listening. You can go to fanbyte.com slash podcast to find all of our other feeds and our our other podcasts. You can also just go to fanbyte.com in general to go read all of our stuff and all of our freelancer stuff. It's very good. And you can, if you, you know, want that information delivered straight to your brain, you can just go on Twitter and follow us at at fanbytemedia. And uh, we will see all kinds of different tweets about all the different things that we have posted up there. And they're very good. Danielle does a a lot of work to make a bunch of sort of video, I forget, audiograms uh, to, to kind of showcase a lot of the stuff that we do. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Steven Strom, S T E V E N S T R O M. Dylan, where can people find you? Uh, at Skiffington underscore. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll be back again with our next review, and if we don't do that anytime soon, then you can definitely stay tuned for new episodes of You'd Love to See It and Fan With later on this feed. Bye!